Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, it's Misty, and this is Rockies and Legends. Good morning, it's Sunday morning, and I am so excited because I found out my favorite coffee shop is now open on Sundays. Why is that exciting? Because it's literally across the street from me. I literally go take six steps and there it is with my vanilla latte just waiting for me. Anyway, happy new year. Are you tired of hearing it yet? Yeah, me too. And it's only January 3rd. Uh, anyway, so new year, new you. Hope everyone had very safe plans for New Year's Eve and didn't make too much of a fuss. I know that we, uh, we stayed in. We projected um, a fish show from 1995 on our kitchen wall, and it was glorious. I might have had a beer and a half, and I was in s- asleep um, at like 10.15. So it was the New Year somewhere, maybe on the East Coast. Um, but yeah, I did not stay up until midnight um, because I'm old, and that's what old people do. Um, so, so many things are happening in wor- in the world. Um, I start back to my full-time job on Tuesday. I've been making tons of stuff at my shop. And yeah, I've been getting a lot of great feedback about the podcast. And I'm trying to incorporate that into each and every episode. Um, if you have never done a podcast, you know that these changes don't happen overnight. And there's a lot that goes into it. So please, if you have been listening forever, please stay listening and I will begin making changes. And if you're a fan on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, which I post on there sometimes, um, yeah, just stay with me and I will definitely take all the feedback into consideration. 
Um, again, thanks for all the new support on Facebook and Instagram. I've been trying to keep up with it. Trying, 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 trying. I tried to do a podcast last Sunday and it was so snowy. Um, I didn't go anywhere. So I didn't do one. But with my new schedule in the new year, I promise I will do one every week. I have to hold myself accountable. And now I have all the lattes I want on Sunday mornings. So yeah. Um, thanks for all the new reviews. Again, if you decide you want to do a review, I'll send you a special sticker or coffee mug or whatever you would like, either or, or both, whatever. Um, I'm listening to some new stuff right now. I found a podcast on Spotify. It's in the podcast network and it's called the dark side of, um, who, didn't tell me about this podcast because I love it. They did a whole series about the dark side of space. And so it was really interesting to hear about all the space shuttle accidents and such. Also kind of eerie because those could have been stopped. Anyway, I also started watching The Mandalorian Season 2. Love it. Um, Yeah. But this podcast isn't about the Mandalorian, so that's all I'll say. And then I finished watching Murder on Middle Beach. I finished watching the last episode of The Flight Attendant. Yeah, lots of good stuff. I won't be watching as much TV when I go back to work, though, which that's okay. Um, I did start reading a book called Reincarnation Blues, which a coworker suggested. And it's really good. So you should check it out. Um, all right. So today I have a couple of stories and they're sort of close to home for me, uh, because of the location, um, basically in Arizona, which if you know where I am, which I'm in Colorado, Arizona is not too far away. So the first one I'm going to do is about Slaughterhouse Canyon and my sources for this one are Wikipedia also only in your state.com medium.com and the one on medium.com is more of a photojournalism point of view but it's really cool to see uh, her photos of slaughterhouse canyon another source is azhauntedhouses.com johnstonjourneys.weebly.com and this is a blog about I think it's a couple or a family that has explored uh, the the slaughterhouse in Arizona. Um, let's see, kdminer.com, scarycarries.com, and discover.hubpages.com. All right, here we go. So, Slaughterhouse Canyon is based in Kingman, Arizona. And it's um, just about a 12-minute drive from the city. It's open to the public, and there are a couple of houses on the dead-end dirt road. So if you um, are going that way and you hit the railroad tracks, you've gone too far. That's how you know how to find it. Um, This sounds like an adventure I would like to take. All right, there are several variations to this legend. And there's lots of differences in the tales, but basically the entire premise of the story remains the same. So the canyon 
um, is where this horrible, horrible incident occurred. So it used to be called Luana's Canyon, and it's in the southeast, just southeast of Kingman, Arizona, which I just said. All right, so Kingman is a typical little desert town, and it came about in 1882. It also served as a military camp and an Indian reservation. It began to grow when a section of the railroad was routed through the area. Interestingly enough, my town has a railroad through it as well. Hmm. There are other similar stories in that part of the country, and many who have heard of Slaughterhouse Canyon often confuse it with another legend, which is the legend of La Llorona, um, which is the Mexican tragedy of the weeping woman. I don't think I've covered that, but I'm sure you've heard the many podcasts that have. So the common thread in all of the renditions of this account is a woman murdered her children. All right, so um, there's different ins and outs of it, but I found this story that I'm about to tell you to be um, the most widely used. So there was a husband and wife and children, and the husband wanted to make a better life for his wife and children. So in those days, it wasn't common, it wasn't uncommon, sorry, um, for the husband to leave for a few days and go look for gold or go on a fishing or hunting trip just so he could find money and food for his family. So this husband did the same. He ventured into the Northwestern mountains in search of gold and food for his family. The only food his family had was what they brought from home, what he brought, sorry, um, what he brought home when he had different gold searching adventures. Hmm. So one day he rode off on his mule and was like, all right, this is going to be a good one. I can feel it. He never came back. No one really knows what happened to him. But it is thought that he was probably um, a victim of a robbery or in an accident or killed by wild animals. So the reason the canyon was first called Luana's Canyon was because Luana was the name of his wife. So she was super patient. Uh, she's like, he does this all the time. He'll be back. Well, Usually when people run out of food, things start happening and, you know, your head goes all these places. And if you don't have food, it's been a while. She like pretty much gave up because they were starving. So without food, she couldn't care for her children. And that began to um, make her go insane. Sorry, I had to sip my latte. Her children got super weak and they were constantly asking her for food but she was at her wit's end I was like I don't have any food your dad went to get it and he is not back um so living in the desert with no food she couldn't watch her kids starving to death so she murdered them and she cut them into small pieces it's also said in this legend that she put on her wedding gown which was white, before she decided to kill her children. All right, so when she finished, her gown was splattered with blood, and the shack had blood all over it from her children. 
And this is what why the locals in Kingman called the house the slaughterhouse. So she carried the remains of her children down to the edge of the river and tossed them in. If you know the legend of La Llorona, this is kind of, it sounds similar to what she did in that legend. She collapsed in a blood-soaked heap and began to wail loudly for her children. She remained on the riverbank and continued to scream and wait until the next morning when she was suffering from starvation herself. She died them she died while she was mourning for her children that she had murdered. So according to locals, the wails and sobs of a heartbroken and psychotic mother can still be heard within the canyon. Those who have heard it are convinced it's simply not an urban legend. Coincidentally enough, I have a little story or two from some locals that hiked the area. Okay, so we're going to take, I'm going to read doo -doo -doo, um, some stories about people that have lived in the area or have gone hiking in the area or are historians that know more about it. Um, a man named John C. Williams wrote that um, the cabin that the couple lived in was owned by um, Tar, Macomb, and Ware. And so a woman named Linda Athens wrote about the area. She writes, my family came to this area before 1885 when my grandfather founded the newspaper first in Mineral Park and then moved to Kingman later. All of us living in downtown Kingman, my father lived on South Park over the tracks from the now baseball field. You got to Slaughterhouse Canyon by going east over the tracks near the field, and all of us kids, being hikers, hiked everywhere around Kingman, including Slaughterhouse Canyon. My recollection is that the Tar family, meaning Mr. Tar, that was later the sheriff, in by then his family had moved to Topeka Street and lived in Slaughterhouse Canyon on a ranch. The name Slaughterhouse came from the slaughtering of cattle here. I also thought the um, Native Americans had an Indian village there. All right, so then she goes on to say, I recall no scary stories about Slaughterhouse Canyon at all. I do recall my grandfather Smith was a good friend of the Native Americans and was allowed to visit and view secret ceremonies they had, and I'm almost sure he told the family they were in that area. Hmm. Okay, so she doesn't have any scary stories. And let's see. Uh, one other person wrote, quote, I was born in Kingman and grew up here. We used to go there at night to scare each other, but we never heard anything. There was an, an actual cattle slaughterhouse many years prior. So those are just stories, no real truth to them. Hmm. All right, and one more story from a man named Daryl. He wrote, I lived there for almost 54 years. As a kid, I used to hike through the canyon in the middle of the night many times for with a couple of friends back when you were able to drive over the railroad tracks. 
Many times we set up on the rocks above the canyon and not a soul or sound to be found or heard other than coyotes howling and a train going by every once in a while. Even one time we saw a mountain lion up in the area, which was about the only thing that really scared us. They used to say that if it was a full moon, you could see Luana, but it was the actual moon reflecting off the boulders. The better story for me is of the family that lived in the slaughterhouse by the name of Tar that had a history of a relative who was known to lose his gold bars somewhere in Coyote Pass. Hmm. Um, the story was he escaped and the gold was buried and never to be found. Oh, perfect. So that is the tale of Slaughterhouse Canyon. And now I would like to tell you a tale about the legend of the Mogollon monster. All right, so the Mogollon monster. Um, the sources are weirdus.com, Wikipedia, and a website called weirdus.com slash states slash Arizona slash bizarre beasts. All right, so if you're into like cryptids or Sasquatches, such, you should look up the Mogollon monster. I could be saying this wrong. It's M-O-G-O-L-L-O-N. So <clears throat> let's talk about this monster. So um, this creature has made his presence known in different spots all around the globe. He could be related to the Yeti. He could be related to Bigfoot. But this one is in the Pacific Northwest, Texas, and in Arizona. So he's reclusive and he's described as being at least seven foot tall, hairless in the face, but otherwise covered with thick, long hair that's either dark or reddish brown. He travels with a very wide inhumane stride and he leaves footprints that measure about 22 inches in length. Ooh, yikes. Um, apparently he has a very piercing scream or howl and it's unlike anything in wildlife. So those who have crossed paths with this beast think at first there's this super eerie silence and then they smell something very foul. Some people have described it as a dead fish or a skunk, bad body odor, just decay. Yeah. Um, one person even called it, quote, the musk of a snapping turtle. I don't even know what that smells like. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> most sightings of the monster occur around the Ram country. And it's a lumbering giant that he, he, she, it covers territory stretching from Prescott up to Williams, east over to Winslow, and down to the Heber area, near the rim's edge. All right, so there's a city in Payson, Arizona, where the creature was spotted by a cryptozoologist named Don Davis. Um, I looked this man up, and wow, um, you should really look into some of his research and it really kind of made me want to study cryptozoology, but who knows how much longer that would take off my life. Um, yeah. So he had a run in with the monster and 
This was in the 1940s during a Boy Scout trip, and he said it was tall and hairy. He was about 13 years old at the time. As he followed his scouts, they were camping near Tonto Creek. Something woke them up in the middle of the night, and it was rummaging through all of their belongings. Davis called out to it because um, he thought it was another Boy Scout. So he was like, oh, what are you doing over there? So instead of it running away, it came closer and closer and closer to his sleeping bag. And he wrote this, quote, There, standing still less than four feet in front of me, was a monster-like man. The creature was huge. Its eyes were deep-set and hard to see, but they seemed very expressionless. His chest, shoulders, and arms were massive, especially the upper arms. Easily upwards of six inches in diameter, diameter. Perhaps much, much more. Hmm. Um, he also said he was overwhelmed by the smell. And um, first he thought like he had like, uh, he thought he like crapped his pants because he was so scared. And he was like, oh no, they shit in my sleeping bag. Um, no, that was the smell of the monster. Hmm. So, apparently, this wasn't the first encounter. So, the Arizona Republican newspaper uh, reported in 1903 that they they saw it, or a man saw it, by the name of I.W. Stevens. And he said that he thought it was a wild man on the rocks. This was inside the Grand Canyon. Um, So, yeah. He described it as, quote, long white hair and a matted beard that reached to his knees. When he looked for a closer look, he saw that the creature, quote, wore no clothing, and upon his talon-like fingers were claws at least two inches long. It, quote, had a coat of gray hair nearly covering its body. There were spots of dirty skin showing. Hmm. Uh, Later on, people were like, oh, that was just Sasquatch, and it was not the monk. Mogollon monster. He did say that it screamed uh, this unearthly screech. Then there was another tale of Boy Scouts seeing it. Uh, And this was by Bill Spade. And he built a log cabin in the area, which was a scout facility. And then he was attacked one night by the monster. And there was no trace of his body except for his face, which was torn off and left hanging from a tree. Ooh. Um, The cabin has been there for decades. And a lot of people say that they've seen the monster hanging out. Ooh, yikes. (sighs) Yeah. So there's been lots of versions of this story. And some people even say that this is a proclaimed, quote, skinwalker which I have not covered yet, but there's plenty of information on those if you are interested. So yeah, so many of the sightings, uh, people are are just like, oh, that's just a campfire story. Oh, that's just Bigfoot, Sasquatch, what have you. I don't know. It sounds pretty creepy. Um, Who knows? Maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's a Yeti. I don't don't know, guys. What do you think? 
Um, so if you have any tales of seeing this monster or Sasquatch, um, let me know. I would love to hear your input. So those are my stories for today. I hope that you guys have a lovely, lovely new year. I hope it brings you everything you've wanted and more. And I will be back next Sunday for another episode. I have a whole list of things I would like to cover. And uh, you guys have been awesome with sending me suggestions. So have a wonderful Sunday. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.